It's season two of Spema. Got an all-star cast for the fans. So semantics, put in your AirPods or wireless earplugs. We're part of the Friday night plans. In case you forgot, yes, we still go to Wash U. Weren't hired to do this, but let's remove some stress for you. Got some laughs, gags, and basic Monday thoughts. Gonna sit and ask questions with guests and see what they brought. Listen and learn. Forget what you expected to get. We're the professor and this class is in session. Gonna, Gonna get, get high off some knowledge. So excited for, for the lesson. lesson. I had to wake up and bake up, I had to unclose my mind The sun is out shining, the dress is looking so fine I'm staying candied up cause it be safer inside I had to wake up, get cake up, I had to count on my mind The sun is out shining, the dress is looking so fine I'm staying candied up cause it be safer inside A beautiful day to get robbed. It's a beautiful day to get robbed. Like, what a beautiful day to get robbed. So basically, um, our theme of our show is Homo sapiens. We talk about the Homo sapiens on campus, right? Um, and so we've been opening up all of our episodes this season, asking like, what is human? Like, what do you think it means to be human in terms of you know your experience or who you are or who you know or who you've um, encountered? Is there anything that you can offer to think what it means to be human? So if you want to start off, we'll that's My thing of being human is heart. Mm-hmm. I believe that everybody, everybody should treat everybody equal. Uh, they should have a conscience of what people are feeling like. That is to me one of my biggest things is how people treat each other. Um, I don't think nobody ever should be treated disrespectfully no matter color, religion, who they are, what they believe in. Um, So to me, human is treating everybody fair and respecting everybody. And to me, that's human. Love that. Um, So kind of going like off of where we're at, like treating everybody fair, is that kind of what influenced you to become a part of law enforcement? Oh, there's, I think there's a lot of things um, that I can go into to, to where I am today. Um, a lot of it, it's kind of long, but I'll shorten it up. My life. Uh, I didn't live the mom and dad child life. I, my mom left me at one, so I never had a mother. My dad, who is Filipino, um, you know, raised two boys, me at one, my brother at three. And I think through the life that I, I grew up in, I started rebelling. I became a rebellion person. I grew up in San Francisco. My dad's Filipino. We grew up in an Italian neighborhood. It's, and, and I think I got caught up into the wrong crowd, not only with the Italians, but also with the Mexicans. And, and through my life, my dad remarried, and he remarried a Filipino who became my stepmother, and I really rebelled. So to, to fast forward it, my rebellion sent me to juvenile hall. And from juvenile hall, I was deemed beyond parental control. Mm-hmm. And from beyond, beyond parental control, I was work, I had law enforcement helping me. 
you can see there are those that want to help you. Yeah. You know, and then, <clears throat> but my stubborn ways, I theoretically got kicked out of San Francisco and moved in a foster home in the country. And then I dropped out of high school. My life didn't stop there. Is I was either going to go to jail or the army. Back then, that was your options. I chose the army path, of course. I grew up in the army. It made me realize who I am. Because one of the things in the military is teach you your own responsibilities. So once I got out of the military, I didn't know anything else but the military way, which also drew me to the police department. But I had a heart with working with people anyway. And I love working with kids. For some reason, I was drawn to working with kids because of my own past. I see all these kids out there, they're just like me. The ones that have problems are just like me. So I was so drawn when I got hired <clears throat> in the police department is I locked in on the kids and the parents, the troubled kids and the parents that works three, four jobs to try to help make a living with a troubled kid. That drew me so close to working with the kids. I would go to their house, I would talk to the mom, I would talk to the kid, even if the kids are so out, out of control, I seemed to get more respect from the kids and the parents because I was always there. And as a law enforcement officer, <clears throat> when you find that there's a problem, you can't leave that problem. You've got to be drawn into that problem and try to, to rectify whatever problem there is and try to make a solution. And that's what I love about law enforcement is, is to be able to really impact somebody. And, and what it, you know, <clears throat> where I came from Ferguson, I retired 30 years from Ferguson, I had many nicknames. Huckleberry was one in different, in different um, uh, apartment complex. They, they call me different names there because they relate to me like Huckleberry's in, in the Windhurst apartment. Casey, everybody calls me Casey, even though my last name is Casey. Mm -hmm. They love calls. Juan calls me Hood Cop. I, I like, you know? Mm -hmm. but, but it's because they see me, I'm working in their community, and it's just, I, I think getting a, a nickname is, is, is respect. They respect me, I respect them. And we all work together. It's, it's the best thing in the world. Was there ever like a um, moment where like there was like one specific like youth that you had seen over the years like grow into something else? Like, like if there was a kid that you originally like when you first saw them like they were at that like rough spot, but over time you saw them grow to have like a better impact. If that oh, makes sense. Yes, I, you don't know. And, and, and on the other realm, there's are those that you just cry, you know, that doesn't make it out of society, you know, but there are those ones. I had this lady and she, she was a tough little girl. And uh, one day I was working and I got a call from the station and I said, hey, are you, are you, are you Huckleberry? You know, they're trying to go, who? I go, yeah, he goes, there's a lady in the lobby that would like to talk to you. Oh, my God. She's like an executive. <laughs> I was crying. I, I mean, 
those things touch you. They touch you. To be to be able to see somebody that uh, that were so troubled, and then you see the other side of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like it's, no, it's just, it's so touching to hear, especially like, you know, we've seen kind of their other um, interviews and so. Are, are there any like calls or instances, other moments from your time working in the Ferguson Police Department that um, you know? you found yourself really kind of confused as to how to approach or how to yeah. find kind of a resolution or solution. I mean, it's such a hard, like, it's such a hard job, I would imagine. Well, because of what we went through, okay, the the unrest and all that, I think that, that impacted me a lot um, because so many people had so much hatred towards the police that I'm that one person that I try always to bridge the gap between the civilian world and the law enforcement world, especially with the young adolescents, the younger, the younger people. I try to keep that gap bridge. But during that unrest, it felt to me that the bridge broke. It broke. There was a bad communication between the law enforcement and the young adolescents and I was always trying to put that brick back and put that brick back and they're tearing it down. And then, you know, I, I, I remember going to a convenience store one time that I go to all the time. And I, I sit there, like, let's, let's say the Quake Trip was one of the biggest ones. Okay. I would always go to Quake Trip two o'clock in the morning. And to me, that was the best communication of community ever. Because everybody knew me, I knew them. They come in, they would talk, joke. They come in in their foo foo slipper. I girl, where you coming? And they, you know, they got their pajamas on. They coming to get some milk or something, whatever. That was such a beautiful thing. That after the unrest and the burning of the court trip, everything ceased to me. They weren't talking to me. They were looking at me as, as the, that they hated. And I'm not like that. And some lady came up to me and gave me a hug. She goes, we know, he's not like that. You know, law enforcement cares about people, but I think a lot of things are so blown out, you know, that, that they needed, people need us. We are there to help people. And if they don't trust us, or if they tell their kids, don't trust them, don't look at them, then their kids will never trust us. I want people to trust us and to know not everybody's like the 1%. You understand? We all want to help. Woo PD, when I got here, they all want to help. We are all helpers. You know, we're God's children. We got to take care of each other. And because I wear a uniform, I want people to come up to me and ask for help, anything. And, and that's what I, 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 one thing about coming here, and thank you for allowing me to come here, is I see a lot of things that the students here needs to know, you know? And if I could just jump into that real quick, is they need to know the surroundings of where they walk. One of the questions is what's impacted the community here, okay? 
a lot of things get stolen. But they don't put nothing on their stuff to get it back. I'm going to go with the phones. When their phones are missing, how do we get it back? We find phones all the time, but we don't know where they belong to unless you put your student ID number on that. I know I'm going off bad, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but we have a lot of students here that walk without their, knowing their surroundings. I think they, they walk and they don't know the outside of their bubble. You know, and they get robbed or anything. That, that, that bothers me. That really bothers me. You have to know your surroundings. Know when you get out of your car. Don't look at your phone all the time. Look around you. So those are the things that, that bothers me here at WashU. A lot of students, are, they're not aware of their surroundings. So get aware of your surroundings. Know, know what's going on around you. Your sixth sense. Get that sixth sense. Feel it. If you feel something weird, you know, we offer whistles only for people that are in trouble. Blow that whistle. Get us, get us there to help you. Get people to look. All you want is somebody to look. Um, hearing that, what um, are, like, I just, I'm curious, any, like, reactions you have to our current sort of crime wave that we've been experiencing here on campus, like, or it's off campus, rather. Right. It is off campus. Um, but, you know, people have been... Oh, but let's go back. Okay. You're saying it's only off campus. It's on campus, too. Mm -hmm. Here's, here's what I see. I'll walk through Oakland Library. And both you guys, if you ever walk, how many times do you see a laptop just sitting on a table? Okay. How many times do you see their laptop and their phone sitting on a table? Let's add another thing, the laptop, phone, and book bag left on their table unattended. So when I see it, I'll give them a minute. I got to watch it because I don't want nobody to take their laptop. These laptops here, that's, that's your whole school thing in there. All your education things are in there. I'll sit there and watch it, and 15 minutes will go by. So then I'll fold the laptop, I'll put it in their book bag, and I'll put it in Lost and Found over at the Owen Library because I don't want to get it stolen. So the crime here is also here. These students are not watching their own product. But yes, it also drenches off campus. You, what you do here on campus, you have to do out there. You have to be aware of what you're doing. So yes, but I'm with the bike patrol, okay? So there's six of us on bikes. Mm -hmm. um, we're out riding the Rosedale zone, mm -hmm. okay? If, I don't know if you guys are out there or see us ride. We're always out, we're always riding. And, and so far, I, I think knock on wood. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we're doing really good. There's a big impact. I think people are seeing more law enforcement out there. Uh, with the cooperation of the other departments out there. I, I think it's really doing good. But it also has to go with people are, no, are, are slowly watching their own, their own selves. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're walking, they're not walking with their heads down. They're, they're walking with a purpose. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that works to our benefit. If you work with your awareness, you're not, these people aren't going to get you. You know, because you're watching. And I'm telling you, work that sixth sense. You get a feeling, give us a call. What is it, nine three fistful of five? Fistful of five. Yeah. Yeah, I 
I really enjoy like the work that Wupiti does, especially I go to Sam Fox and there'll be like nights where I'm there like doing an all-nighter or working on something super late and I found out about the police escorts so I would call and get someone to pick me up and drive me back to the 40. So that's like a really long walk, especially at like even 11 o'clock at night, I wouldn't want to walk down Forsyth Boulevard. Yeah. 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 And they have added more, uh, what is it, school to home, transportation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of. And did you guys notice the circulators got bears, uh, big washu emblems <laughs> yeah. on the side? I was like, that's cool. But that's good. Yes, we offer that ride. Um, and, and if we're busy, we'll get there. So and if you want to go. Uh, I've had students walk with us on the bikes. We'll follow them to, to home while we're, while we're riding our bikes. So yeah, be safe, give us a call, and uh, uh, enjoy the East End. That's, <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, wait, what, next week, right? Mm -hmm. The inauguration. Yeah. Ooh, that place is so beautiful. I love riding the bikes through there. Mm -hmm. And then watching all the smoke, I know we're getting off. Oh, oh no, that's all our yeah. show is. Oh my God. <laughs> I, that, that that round thing right in front of the wild, it's like a big round, you walk in there. I, oh, the, is it like the parking garage thing? No, no, it's right on where all the sculptures are. There's a big oh, round okay. circle of glass. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, I walked in there and I'm like, okay, this side I'm fat, this side I'm skinny, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so beautiful. No, oh, it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Me and my friends were getting on the elevator. We just wanted to go to each floor because it's like glass. Mm -hmm. It's just oh, super cool. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love it at night because the reflection of the lights just reflects all of the glass. And I think that's the most, it reminds me of San Francisco. You know, San Francisco is all mm -hmm. lights and big cities, you know. So how long did you live in San Francisco? Was Ferguson the first place that you were a police officer? No, I used to work at uh, Northwoods, a small community. Okay. Yeah, I really liked it. It was uh, it was really really cool. It was a small small department, and then I got a job at Ferguson. And, and in Ferguson, I, I did a lot of jobs there. Uh, besides working with the kids, mm -hmm. I worked uh, worked the bike patrol there. I started the bike patrol there, and then I worked crime scene, you know, photography and all that. It's pretty cool. I like taking pictures, and uh, I worked in the bureau. Then I worked undercover for a while which is uh, pretty tough, but I enjoy, I, I really am in tune with the younger kids because of my path, because if I could stop them from walking in my shoes, you see what I'm saying? Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Before they get past the area of, of I, I, I don't want to say no return, but I want to say no return because Things happen when you're caught up in this bad situation, and you know where I've seen some of my kids in, in Ferguson in the area. You know, either go to jail for life or, or die, and, and I would ever don't want that to happen to these young kids. In fact, there's one guy that just got out of prison. What a great kid! When he was young, he was very athletic, but he made a, a terrible, terrible terrible mistake and he came out and the first thing he did is he called me Huckleberry I'm out I mean I said now you need you know so 
try to get him on the straight path, you know. And I call him and say, well, how you doing? Just to check on him, yeah. you know. But that's what that's what we need to do. We need to check on our, you know. One thing I learned from the Filipino community is it is family, you know, and they check on their family. Me, as a law enforcement, I like to check on make sure everybody's doing all right. We like to follow up with incidents of people that had incidents like, you know, a stolen laptop or something. I try to get back with them and say, hey, you doing all right? Yeah, I got me a new laptop. And I said, did you write your student number underneath it? <laughs> you know, like that's a big thing. And, and their phones, when these phones are found, they're pass locked. And if you don't have your ID in the back and you turn it on, it's past lot, unless you have to hold the button down and have Siri call your mom, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. But some of them, um, like in the Chinese phones, I can't read them. I tell them, put your student number between the phone and the case. So when we find it, we know your student number and we'll give it right back to you. Your student number should be on every bottle, your, your water bottle on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Go to the bear's den and see how many water bottles are found. <laughs> I'm serious. We can't return them. Yeah. Because there's no student number on it. So write your student number right underneath the, the water bottle. Do you think that your, like, you know, how you were drawn to kids or adolescents, is that what sort of drew you to coming to be campus police officer? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So so I was getting retired. And, and um, I had a friend that says, hey, uh, you know, Wash, you might be hiring. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, not only not only just the student body, but the international student body. Yeah. You know, you you learn. I love talking to them. I it just I I know I know. Uh, Nihao and Privet. You know, you find all these people from different countries, and I'm like, oh, how do you say hello? You know. So I I I, I love it, and. and Walking these halls, it's like walking through the Big Bang Theory, come on. <laughs> Isn't it though? You know, I learned binary from walking one of the math halls. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is so cool. You know, but, when, but just the interesting concepts of what people are learning in this mm -hmm. school is tremendously awesome. And some of the students are, are drawn, so if you're if you talk about what their class is, they love talking about it and they would love to let you know what they're learning. Mm -hmm. I love that. So yes, I love this school and the student body. Would you say, like, what's your favorite aspect of being a WPD officer? Well, there we go. Being with the being people. With the yeah, being with the kids and, and being able to... I, I'm a big communicator. I love talking, obviously, <laughs> and uh, I just love I just love communicating with them. Like in the Bearstead, I, I, you know, just talking to people on campus. I'm on the bike. I'll stop, and that's one thing I love about the bike. It, it's getting us out of the cars, you know. I'm approachable on a bike than I am in a car. That's just you know, it, that's how it is. So people that have questions, if I'm stopped or if I'm riding, they'll say officer and I can turn, I can direct them to where they need to go. You know, especially during, uh, you know, any events here, which 
that, that next week is going to be tough. Mm. You know, we're just going to have to start directing people everywhere to go, but everybody's got to be patient. You know, with parking and all that, just be patient. Um, what would be your least favorite aspect of being a PD officer? Well, when you hear incidents that occur where people are, are being robbed or get stuff stolen and stuff, you know that's their whole work in these laptops. When I find out they get stolen, I, like, I look in the sky and I, I can imagine all the work you guys put in these things. And it just to know that crime happens, but you gotta watch your surrounding. And it just, man, when you get somebody that tells you, all my work is in there, everything and it just kind of hurts you or, or they get robbed or something like that because they're not watching their surroundings you know we're here for all you guys you have to listen to yourself so you don't become a a victim and so that's my worst aspect is when when they get victimized you know and then you have to talk with them and you know they they're just giving that they're giving it everything out about their whole life in that computer or uh, mine is my phone you know yeah. it's like it's like a magnet <laughs> so there's not much Wu PD I mean Wu PD is doing pretty good I think the, the student body here is awesome I think you guys are connected very well here um, so as far as the lease I don't think it's it's really bad you know yeah. I mean unless you guys see something we don't see mm -hmm. Let us know. I remember you making it the announcement in PD about like <laughs> labeling our phones and our laptops, and like that's, that's how I think most people that. know you. <laughs> so I, I love doing that. Mm -hmm. Do you guys like hold information sessions for like students to like n like give them tips on like watching your surroundings like on and off oh, campus yeah. and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, and, it, and, it, and it, it's also on our website. It's on, on the Washington University Police website, and they have things called RAD. Okay, I'm not so proficient on that, but it's self-defense classes that you guys can take. Oh, interesting. Okay, look into it. It's called RAD, R-A-D, and we have officers that teach that class. And I think that's awesome for people to be able to learn self-defense, you know. I mean, I have a daughter, mm -hmm. you know, nails and bites, <laughs> nails and <laughs> bites, you know. But yes, uh, and um, I'm always available. You guys ever want to talk you know our safety's the utmost importance of this campus whether you walk oh let's go back one the bird the bird scooters. the birds <laughs> okay they're 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 i think and i believe it's now not allowed on campus I don't, like, I, I know I have seen that, but at the same time, I see people with them all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think a lot of people know it, but here I'm going to bring this up. Do you know the injuries we're getting on those things? I've never. You see how one. fast they go? Yeah. Now imagine going down a hill that fast. Is it like, a, is it a motorized? It's motorized to a high, it's high speed. Why would someone go downhill? Or going between buildings. My thing is. We have students here that depend on pathways. Mm -hmm. If I can say to the student body on this, on this microphone here, you have to understand there are people in wheelchairs. They depend on pathways. Please, if you're on the bird and you're going to class, clear the door. 
clear the pathways. Do not drop them right on the pathways because uh, it's an ADA, you know, it's a federal violation. You cannot block these things for the, for the handicap. Mm. I've noticed we have some blind students here. Okay, I give one guy a, a night, he's blind, we give him a ride, we help him out. Um, but they need that path. So please, if you're on the eBird, the bikes, clear the path, clear the doorways. And, and uh, you gotta wear a helmet. I'm telling you, the injuries we're getting is phenomenal. And the ones that are riding it with with, with uh, flip flops, <laughs> like that. yeah. I miss razor scooters. <laughs> yeah. Those are the those are the best. <laughs> Which one is that? Razor scooters were like when we were in like elementary school. Yeah. They were just oh yeah. Like my son had thing. that. My oh, son had that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see um, like your opinions on you're talking about like bridging the gap. Like where do you see a future of like police officers and civilians where do you see us being able to have a open conversation with each other and have this sort of open trust with each other well we it's such a society of fear now just well and you know after the ferguson incident mm -hmm. um because it went so viral a lot of departments and i know this for a fact because i'm in contact with a lot of departments and i talk you know they do a lot of community engagements they do a lot of neighborhood parties with the police officers. Now, come on. You've seen videos of cops dancing with the other kids mm -hmm. and other, yeah, playing basketball. That is the beginning. That is a starting point. You have to, you have to get trust, not only of the neighborhood, but the younger kids. And if they trust you, things will go, things will blossom out. The department all have to, it starts with one. It starts with the chief, you know, setting things up, setting programs up. I know in Ferguson, we did all kinds of programs. I did it, I even did it before the unrest. I started the bike patrol just to be out in the neighborhood. I went to barbecues on Sundays. <laughs> I, I went, I, I, you know, I, I brought myself out there. So police departments now are starting to do that. That should have been done a long time ago. Why you start after Ferguson? You should have done that a long time ago. Build a trust, build a community. You know, build, build a, a, and I tell all these officers, especially young officers, get to know the people that you're working for. Make sense? Get to know them. Yeah. Because they want to talk to you, but if you are a person of a, not trusting, you'll never get spoken to. Never. So I think as far as what you're saying, mm -hmm. bridging the gap, it starts with community involvement. And I slowly see that happening. Mm. Is there any, you know, moment from, not even necessarily um, Ferguson, but any moment from any time in your uh, time as law enforcement, like a situation or a case that has really stood out to you as either being particularly um, moving or enlightening or saddening that oh, is yeah. stuck close to your heart. Yeah. Get some Kleenex out. There was a little girl. Her name is Tamila Bolden. I don't know if you ever heard of that case. Mm -hmm. I have. She was doing homework with her mom on the bed and there was a drive-by. I was maybe four blocks away when the call came out of a shooting and uh, 
as I got there, I heard a lot of screaming. And I saw this gentleman at the door, we'll name him Joe. He is now one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. He was the grandfather of the child. And he stood at me with this staring face, like you could tell he was so in shock. So I ran in there and I saw the grandmother holding the child. My mind, I knew what I had to do. I had to save the girl, but the mother was also shot and she couldn't help her girl because of where they were on the bed. So I called for an ambulance. I tell them to have them expedite. And when they get here, tell the ambulance, don't come inside. I will carry her out to the ambulance. So I talked to Tanya, the grandma, I said, I need a child, give me the child. Now she's a grandmother and you know, she's going through a traumatic incident and she didn't want to leave her child. So they called me on the radio and said, the ambulance are here. And uh, I said, Tanya, I need the baby. Give me the baby. She was nine years old. So I grabbed Jamila, held her, and uh, I ran through the house. And the grandpa put his hand on me. So I ran her up. So I ran her up to the ambulance. I lifted her up to the ambulance. I think that'll always be in my heart, you know, that I tried to do everything I could, trying to save her. But after the fact, after I found out she died on her way to the hospital, I just thought that maybe people will look at that situation and know that what, what happened should have never happened. Nobody should ever shoot into a house. You don't know. You know, so she's dear to my heart to this day. And I'm friends with the family. I'm good friends with Joe. I have a feeling of staying in contact with that. So that was that was pretty tough. I always tell Sparkle um, and, you know, all my people who listen to the show that the reason why I love doing this show so much is because I get to interact with so many people who I think inspire me every day and people who I think I get to learn so much about. And, um, like, you are someone who I think so many people on this campus know as being the person to tell everybody to put your ID number in your phone or to tell people to watch their stuff. And I'm so like moved and honored to have heard so much of this from you today. And it, it means so much to me that you came on this show. And I, I just hope that, that your message can get to people. I really truly hope that people can try to learn to have open conversations and, and bridge Amen. gaps with people. Yes, yes, that is so important. 
Don't be afraid of us. Talk to us. Ask us questions. Oh, a lot of us are pretty funny. <laughs> Some of them should be comedians. <laughs> but um, all in all, I love it here. I love the people. They'll still hear me in the bears then yelling up to the number. <laughs> Everybody put your put your ID number on your stuff. <laughs> yes, thank you. Put your number on your stuff and uh if you take nothing else from this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And know that the Woo PD is out there. We're out there. We're gonna make everybody safe. You know, we're doing the best we can. Like I said, I'm out on the bikes from six at night to two in the morning. Mm -hmm. So and uh that's it. And we got new officers, so you'll see some new faces on the, on the campus. So, thank you. Thank you so much for being it's, here. It's beautiful to know that, like, specifically you, but also, like, WPD themselves, like, there's a sense of, like, wanting to build community with us. Amen. And I really do appreciate the bike patrol. I've been noticing that a lot. Like, getting to see you guys on campus has made a difference. So, we hope people understand that they're here to help, and it's not, like, they're this high law enforcement you're not able to like approach them because that's right. not the case thank you for saying that yeah thank you that that's we're humans too <laughs> that's the show <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you so much for coming on the show we honestly i mean we are so floored by you and we were so so excited to get to meet you and talk to you after um watching any of your other interviews that we saw um and you know i've been we, we, I mean, actually, we are so on cloud yeah. from you, but oh. it, it means so much to us. And I absolutely love everything that you're saying that, you know, law enforcement, like there is a reason why you got into law enforcement and it's not to, you know, put people away and it's not no. to hurt yeah. people and no. anything like that. And I, it breaks my heart to see people having such little faith in other humans, um, and because of uh, whether it's because of experiences that they've had in the past, yeah. which is completely, which are completely valid, it it breaks my heart that we've lost so much hope in in other people. And I I just appreciate so much your message and, and what you're saying. Oh man, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so, <laughs> some stories really still touch me, you know. Um, rest in peace to me, but uh, I'm glad you guys did this. I'm so glad that this is a part of what you guys do and reaching out to the different parts. Oh, I love it, I love it. So yeah, you see me out there, can't miss me. Talk, Cannot miss him, can't miss Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, I used to tell people Casey Kasem, but a lot of people don't know Casey Kasem. Yeah, that's a rough, that wouldn't go that way. <laughs> but do you know the, the voice of Shaggy? on Scooby-Doo. His name is Casey Kasem? It's Casey Kasem. Wow. <laughs> there your tidbit. All right, thank Fun you very much. Thank you so much for, coming, you so much on. for coming on. One, two, three. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.